welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. And welcome to, well, it's our first midweek mini pod, which is just a quick kind of catch up. It's also the first time that we've kind of left the uh, the relative safety and security of the studio. Um, so maybe it sounds a little bit different, but we, uh, we're in your office. We're yeah, at, I thought at, I'd invite you over. the Star HQ. Long overdue. I thought I'd give you a quick tour and uh, whiz around the newsroom. And, uh... Yeah, so yeah, this is just kind of a quick uh, catch-up. So coming up, we'll look back at Defeat at the Den. We're going to hear the thoughts of Lee Bullen ahead of Luton. We'll speak to Kadeem Harris as well. Um, so look, we knew it was going to be a tough one, and um, it wasn't. it just wasn't really meant to be, was it, on Saturday? No, one of them where I came away and I felt that it was a missed opportunity for Wednesday. That's the bottom line, that you play against 10 men for over half the match. You, Whether you're home or away, you should be coming away with a result. Uh, so we can't beat around the bush and say that uh, a 1-0 defeat at Millwall you know, is a good result because it isn't. But I, I, I will say this, that I mean, what did strike me actually from Millwall was that that must have been the fourth or fifth time that I've gone to the den and that was by far and away the most hostile the atmosphere has been. I thought it was right. noticeably different to the Tuesday night games and there seems to be more of a buzz around Millwall than there has been and they've they've won both their home games now and I expect actually I think Millwall to have a pretty decent season um, on the basis of what I saw on Saturday they were very spirited and hard to break down and I think that was the disappointing aspect for Wednesday is to have 21 shots nine on target but as Lee Bourne said post-match he didn't have a clear-cut opening. Uh, there's not one way you can say it, it was a guilt-edged opportunity that, that, should, that should have been stuck away. You, I think probably the best opening was uh, Jacob Murphy's after good play by Kadeem Harris on the left. But um, disappointing, really, that they couldn't keep the unbeaten run going. And... Uh, they, you know, they threw everything at Millwall. You know, they were positive. I thought Lee Bourne, the substitutions, bringing on Barry Bannon straight away at half time, yeah. and then also to move Sam Hutchinson and Adam Reach into the full back areas. He took both them off to get Jordan Rhodes on the pitch and some more legs in midfield with Massimo Luongo. Um, so yeah, frustrating and disappointing. I mean, all the kind of cliches come into play, don't they, about how the killer instinct just wasn't there and Wednesday weren't clinical enough. But it's all kind of true stuff, really, isn't it? And I always think sometimes it's quite interesting to, to try and think about it from the opposition point of view. And Millwall will think that they kind of got away with one there because they were down to 10 men. Um, they were back to the wall for periods of that game, but they did what they needed to do. And, and, and as you say, there wasn't a clear-cut chance. And um, there's no getting away from the fact that if you create 21 chances and you have nine on target... You've got to be getting something from yeah. from from that from that game. Um, let's talk about Millwall's goal um, because Kieran Westwood has put his hands up um, and you know admitted his kind of fault there. It's not been a great season so far for Kieran Westwood. Um, no, no, sent, it hasn't. sent off in no. in one game and um, you know obviously by his own admission at fault for Millwall's goal on um, on on Saturday. Our only clean sheet coming when. Um, you know, he wasn't actually in the in the team. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, not not the easiest of times for him at the moment. 
No, not the start that uh, he would envisage at all to the season. Um, having signed the new contract in the summer and he was in terrific form when he came back into the team in, that, in the second half of last year. Uh, what was it? I think kept 11 clean sheets in 20 games. Uh, and then, yeah, so far, Russia blood to the head at Reddings and sent off, misses the Barnsley match. And you have to say that, uh, you know, he was the main man at fault and was the culprit for the Millwall goal. goal. And I mean, Millwall were very clever uh, and we knew and we talked about it uh, on the pod the other day that yeah. we knew how they were going to play and that uh, it was going to be an aerial bombardment at times. They were going to throw the, the ball into the box every available opportunity from corners and free kicks. But what they cleverly did was they also crowded around Kieran Westwood. So from the four previous corners again they tried boxing him in so he couldn't come off his line to claim the ball so I I actually think it was maybe a little bit of uh, impatience from Kieran Westwood where he felt right I'm going to make a statement here and I'm going to come flying out of my off my line to try and punch away the ball but uh, the corners were so good for Mahoney yeah. and dangerous that that's the risk you run. If you don't get to the ball, then when you've got a big six foot six forward who uh, is very good in the air in Matt Smith, as we saw at Hillsborough in May when mm-hmm. he played for QPR, then that's what can happen. So you've got. We just have to hope, really. That I mean, Kieran Westwood. It's important that. Yeah, you know, there's a bit of perspective here that Kieran Westwood has been one of the top goalkeepers. Absolutely. Uh, over the last four to five years in the Championship, and his record speaks for itself at Wednesday. It so is. maybe this is probably, you you could say, his first actual blip, really, in a Wednesday shirt. I can't remember he's been, where in two games in a row he's had a sending off and he's made a mistake. I can't think of another period. Um, off the top of my head, where this has happened to Kieran Westwood, so I think you have to cut him some slack. Absolutely, yeah, and and um, you know he's 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 a professional. He's been doing this for a long time. You know he'll have he'll have had periods in his in his career when things have not been going his way, and um, I don't think there's anyone that will beat Kieran Westwood up more than Kieran Westwood. Um, and I, it's a it's about the response now, isn't it? It's just about how he deals with it. I've got to say though, I think um, I think I think the real error from Wednesday was the fact that we just didn't get to grips with Millwall set pieces. The warning signs were there from those earlier corners that um, we just didn't really know how to defend them, uh, and it almost felt like that goal was was coming from a set piece because um, defensively we just didn't seem to quite quite know what to do um the you know there wasn't there wasn't a man on the post was there which no, there you know would, would seem like a, a logical thing to do when you know if your keeper's kind of coming flying out of his um off his line like that so um i, I think a, a fair play to kieran westwood for holding his hands up but i actually think there's a bit of team responsibility there yeah. in terms of the fact that they didn't spot what was happening and, and come up with a way of dealing with it um quick enough I agree, and uh, it was Dominic Iorfa, I think, as well, who lost Smith. Um, you know, Smith got the jump on him, and uh, Iorfa was brought in to the side. You know, we'd speculated yeah, about yeah. it as well last week, and we said that there was that possibility of Dominic Iorfa maybe coming in to combat that physical uh, challenge that Millwall would throw at them, and he was taken off at half-time for tactical reasons. And uh, this actually brings me neatly on to, I don't know if this was down on your notes, James, but uh, I have to ask, I mean, where do you stand on Fernando Forestieri not even being in the 18? 
Uh, yeah, a bit of a surprise. Um, I, I guess we don't we don't really know what's going on in in the background and behind the scenes to be with the 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 kind of the the hearing, the appeal, the looming suspension, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I I guess we don't know where his sort of head is at the moment, and mm. you know Lee Bullen does. Um, and uh, as as a speaking purely as a Wednesday fan here, I think. I kind of trust Lee Bullen to be making the right judgment calls if he doesn't think mm. that a player's in the right place, um, you know, psychologically, mentally. Um, but uh, just to interrupt, he said it was for tactical reasons. Well, that yeah, I mean, that seems odd. Um, is that just him protecting Fernando a little bit? I don't know. Um, I, for, for tactical reasons, I, I'm not sure I would necess- necessarily understand that because you would think that bringing someone like Fernando Forest, for, uh, Fernando Forestieri off the bench. It's probably a bit more impactful than bringing someone like Jordan Rhodes off the bench, and that's you know all due respect to Jordan Rhodes, but he's not the kind of person that comes on and changes a game. Um, uh, Fernando Forestieri is, so you know he's he's the one. We don't have a Lucas Shaw to bring off the bench now, mm. so um, I, I'd find that odd. I'm, I'm not sure I'd understand that unless Lee Bullen just thinks that now with the wide players that we've got, that it becomes a little bit unbalanced again. If he's um, you know, if, he, if he's got more wide players in the in the squad, well, you, did you make the with. point? I think after the Reading game, where I think uh, Lee Bowen could be seen sort of on the touchline after Forestieri had come on, that he, uh, I think, you know, he sort of gave Forestieri a bit of a telling off after there was a moment where I think he didn't track back enough um, or, or, or press high up like Lee Bowen wanted him to. So I suppose from that point of view, I can understand it if you don't feel that Forestieri, if you, as you're going to introduce him either on the right or the left to probably replace Murphy or Harris to freshen things up, is he going to be disciplined enough to play that role? It, it's a worry though, isn't it? Because if you know, if 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 where things are at at the moment that he doesn't feel um, that Fernando Forestieri should be near the squad. Yeah. We know there's a six-game suspension um, mm. looming. You know whether or not it happens. We don't know. We've got the appeal first, but you know let's let's say that the the the, the appeal isn't upheld and you know that suspension stands. Um, Fernando Forestieri in the last year of his contract now. Is that right? Yep. Um, this, it's this a frustrating. I think it could be a bit of a nothing season for him. It, it could be, and and that that's what it's threatening to turn into. Because you're right. Uh, so if the appeal, he is then gonna be you know he's gonna be six matches um by appealing it and then if it fails then you know well well no not necessarily it might not be more i think it would just be the six um from what i can understand but it's just that he could have already taken and served the six matches yeah. so he we could be halfway through bearing in mind so far the season he's made one substitute appearance yeah. in the first yeah. three games uh and also one of these games could be a cup match um, the, the the ban right, so it's still got it looming over him when it could have already been virtually served so yeah. um, I, I think just yeah frustrating isn't it all round really the way things seem to already be panning out for Forest Share in his season uh, uh, how many times have we sat here and said this this kind of stuff though about it's just you know another period of Fernando Forestieri's Wednesday career where it's just not happening at the moment and mm. it's sad because we all know there's a great player in there we know that the, you know there's there's doubts about other parts of the package with um, Fernando Forestieri and that's not um, necessarily doubting his attitude or his application or anything because uh, you know he, he, he seems to work hard he seems to really care um, but it's it can't just be coincidence that it continually just doesn't seem to be happening for him mm. It's yeah. one of those where 
hopefully, well, I say this, you know, it, it, wouldn't it be typical of Fernando Froschieri were to start against Luton, come back into the yeah, team, and back probably be the match winner. Yeah, <laughs> it's just the way football works. But then, yeah, it's just it's sort of part of maybe sort of what we've come to expect really from Fernando Forcieri over the years yeah, really that yeah. he is that match winner you know that there is like you were saying a really good player in there uh, and I did look at Saturday and think he, he could definitely have been an asset in that second half yeah. um, when that Millwall defence was tiring from such a back to the wall performance I, I, you know with the not being Lucas Schwau anymore you were looking at that bench and the forwards and Jordan Rose and Atty knew you. Fernando Forestieri is a different type of player to them and could definitely brought something different to the table. Yeah, um, I get the reasons why Atty is a useful guy to have on the bench and at Millwall as uh, well. Yeah, yeah, I, I but, get that but, completely. But, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't going to be a game for him, was it? On on Saturday, right? It needed that bit of pace, that someone that could that could hurt Millwall as they were tiring, and and that's never ever going to be Atty you It's probably never really going to be Jordan Rhodes uh, either, is it? Because you know he's not he's not known for his for his pace. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Lee Bullen's what three games into to this stint now. Uh, he he brought Dominic Ioffa back in. He didn't bring Barry Bannon back in, and yet you know half time comes around and and both those are, are, are changed round. Um, he probably got it wrong, didn't he, on on Saturday? With the changes, or, uh, or with, by not with, playing with, Barry Bannon from the start. Yeah, you know? well, with with probably the the starting eleven, the way the game then panned out. Um, you know, tactically, I'm I think Millwall sure. got the upper hand on us on, on Saturday. They'd I, done their homework. They knew how to keep certain people quiet. Um, you know, they did probably what Reading and Barnsley hadn't done in terms of, you know, they'd seen the danger from someone like Kadeem Harris and um, they'd, you know, accounted for it and, and, you know, nullified us somewhat. I don't know if I entirely agree with that. I, I, I looked at it and thought that 11 v 11 Wednesday were, for me, the better team. They switched off from a set play and they got punished. But I, I thought from open play after maybe sort of a slowish opening 10 minutes, I thought Wednesday actually got a certain amount of control and uh, they had chances, um, and, you know. And Adam Reach could have scored an absolute you know, goal yeah, of the yeah. season contender. Yeah, that'd be uh, but there were there were two or three other openings, and I thought. And actually, for me, I mean, the pick of Wednesday's players again was Kadeem Harris, of where every time he got on the ball, you're thinking he's going to make something happen. Or you're thinking he was the go-to man. If anything, actually, I came away from the den um, feeling a little bit disappointed that I thought they relied on him too much as if to try and take the fight to Millwall in the second half. And that really, if anyone was going to come up with that piece of individual brilliance, he only really felt it was going to be Kadeem Harris, um, who was going to do something out of nothing. Uh, to break them down and I think that's where Wednesday have got to go back to the drawing board I thought Jacob Murphy was actually very quiet and starved of the ball on Saturday uh, and, and that was I don't know I don't know why that was but he yeah. was but that's just how it sort of panned out 
we'll we'll chat about the Luton game in a in a bit because uh, there's probably all the more reason now, isn't there, for for Lee Bullen to you know try a couple of different players to do things a little bit differently against um, Luton, a different a different kind of game, but in a lot of ways a, a similar sort of opposition. But um, we'll we'll come onto that in in a bit. Um, sending off uh, Jed Wallace on uh, Kieran Lee, I, I can't see there's any kind of doubts over that one. Really, it wasn't no. it wasn't a great challenge. It wasn't. I, I I thought some people at half time were saying to me, "Oh, it was it maybe it was a bit of a high challenge." But then when I watched actually the replay, I uh, I could understand why the ref has sent him off. Um, it, he's yeah, he's it, well out of control. Isn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think um, the ref got that right for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yes, yeah, so we've talked about Kadeem Harris. Let's hear from him. Um, so this is you chatting to Kadeem after the Millwall game. Any time you lose, you've got to learn from the result. But I don't think there's much more we could have done. You know, we put him under a lot of pressure. There was just that final, you know, spark. I don't know what it was missing, but you know that mm. whatever it was, we, we couldn't score. Um, obviously, with the, with the result being one 0 but. I think we played some good stuff and we've just got to bounce back now from that result and, and make it right on Tuesday. How disappointing was the goal that you gave away in that first half? Very disappointing. You know, we knew what they were going to do. We knew that uh, all set pieces were going to be a threat. Mm. We, we, we worked on it all week to um, you know, sort that out and, and deal with it if it came our way. And you know, today it didn't work out, but that happens is football in it. So, like I said, hopefully you could learn from that mistake now and hold on with, with the... Uh, uh, games coming our way. From your point of view, what do you make of your own form so far since you've come to the club? I think I've done okay, settled in nicely. I think there's a lot more to come from me. Um, I think I've just scored today, so you know, just little little things like that make a difference and definitely be working on that to, to get more goals. And since although we're three games in, mm. you know, I think like I said, I've got to score today, so I'm a bit disappointed in that myself. But. Uh, these things happen and I'll continue to work hard and, and try and make that right. Do you set yourself targets? Um, I haven't really, you know, like I said, I've just, it's always been to, to cause as much problems for the opposition as possible and, and get goals and assist, assist. That's that's my job as a winger and that's why Sheffield Wednesday brought me here. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to repay them now with, with that. And most of all, you know, winning is the most important thing. So if I could be on a winning team, for you as well, what's it been like? So sort of in the last two games, being able to interchange with Jacob on the other side, um, it's really good. You know, he's, he's uh, quite a lack in our style of play. It's good to have someone like myself on the other side. You know, that will run up players and cause havoc. You know, we've got we've got great players all around the pitch. Um, it was very unlucky again today. And I'm sure um, we'll make that right on Tuesday and the game will come. How important could Jacob be for you this season and the coming weeks and months with you know, what he can do on the ball? Uh, very important. You know, I think everyone plays their role in this team um, going forward and, and even defending as well. You know, it's very important in the squad that we've got. We've got a um, really, really good squad. And you know, with, with this squad, if we're not pushing for promotion, I'll be very disappointed. Luton next up on Tuesday. Uh, how good is it to still be able to try and sort of get today out of your system, have a game, come round very quickly? Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's really good, you know, especially when you lose the game. Um, you want to make it right as, as quick as possible because mm. I'm sure a lot of the, the boys won't sleep tonight, you know, and, and you know, with the game coming so, so quickly, mm. it's important that we make that right and I'm sure if we do, we'll feel a lot better than we do right now. Great start at home, of course, against Barnsley last week, so yeah. just how key is it to keep 
building on that and turn Hillsborough into a fortress this season? Uh, very important. You know, every game that we win and that momentum is important for us mm. and the team. You, know, you see it in this league, as soon as you get momentum, um, you're dangerous. It uh, doesn't matter who you play for and who the team is, as soon as you get a bit of momentum, mm. um, you're right up there on the table. So if we could start that as early as possible, um, that would be great. Did you find that with Cardiff a couple of years ago when you promoted the home form is, is so vital that you're strong at home and you pick up the majority of your points at home? Yeah, of course. And um, you know, with the fans that we've got here, mm. it's, like, it's literally like a top man. So, you know, our home, home form will be extremely important and hopefully we can get as much wins there as possible. Yeah, over 2,000 here today. I mean, what have you made of the fans in, in the first three games that you've been in? Amazing fans. I thought, I thought Cardiff had mm. great fans, but, you know, they're even better here. So, you know, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm delighted with the fans that we've got and... Uh, Hopefully now we can repay them with, with the results and, and the performances to come. Would you say the best in your career that you've experienced as well? 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, none better. So I'm enjoying my time here so far and I hope that, that them fans keep coming to the game and keep making as much noise as they did today and they have for the last three games. This is Singing the Blues, proudly sponsored by Taito Law. Visit titolaw.co.uk for uh, all your legal needs. Right, Luton then. Um, I'm not sure if there's ever a perfect time to play a newly promoted um, side who've kind of got their tails up. I, I guess we got it right against Barnsley. Uh, Luton, a relatively mixed start for them in the championship, but they're doing all right. This is um, mm. it's going to be a, a, a different kind of test but again they're a team that are going to dig in aren't they and they're, they're, they're going to give Wednesday a real challenge I, I feel for Luton actually is they've had a really tough start to the season yeah. when you look at their first four games to get Middlesbrough uh, which was a, a classic one that was the first championship match of the season it was 3 all on a Friday night yeah. and uh, you know going forward they play some very expansive stuff they've got a new manager this year in Graham Jones but I look at their squad and I and I actually think and we, we know very well from Wednesday having played them twice in the FA Cup, uh, you know, early on this year, that uh, yeah they are dangerous and Absolutely. that they have got some really good players in their ranks. And interesting actually, they've got a few uh, former Wednesday players uh, who we know very well in Jacob Butterfield. Uh, who will probably be starting. Which, he will uh, have an absolute blinder. Guaranteed, he will be the best player on the pitch by a mile. And then also uh, Callum McManaman as well. Yeah, so, uh, and I think he sort of plays... They they, they play um, a, a, an interesting system to Luton as well. Not many play sort of a 4 3 one twos, uh, and it turn into a bit of a diamond, I think, in midfield at times. Um, but... I mean, they were really impressive when they came to Hillsborough and they gave Wednesday a scare in the replay at Kenilworth Road and only lost 1-0 um, at you getting a goal in the second half. But um, goal, goal of the season contender, that one? The scruffiest goal. <laughs> the, the only goal I can in think of. The yeah, that, that's the only one that would have been worse than that. But, um, it, hey, it got it got Wednesday to Chelsea, didn't it? So uh, we, we weren't complaining, but... Uh, yeah, I, 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 the trouble is that you look at it tomorrow and it's just got banana skin written all over it. They, they're still searching for their first league win, um, but they have had a tough start to get Middlesbrough at home, followed by Cardiff away and West Brom at home. Oh, that's, 
that's pretty brutal. You know, I expect Cardiff and West Brom to be in and around the top six. And they were very competitive in both games. You know, late goal uh, away to Cardiff. They won, you know, they won Dunbar. And then at the weekend, West Brom, they were a goal up. And, um, you know, West Brom made a sub at half-time. He comes on, he gets two goals. But, yeah, if Wednesday are off the pace at all, any sort of sign of complacency, then Luton will definitely make them pay. We said a few times on um, Friday that this little run of games now is going to show us quite a lot about um, what this Wednesday team is is kind of all about, really. And um, you know, two two um, two wins to start the season is brilliant, but it's you know when when that run comes to an end, when things aren't going your way, is when you really start to see the. Uh, the true kind of heart and soul of a of a team. Um, you know, Wednesday obviously have have lost um, on Saturday for the first time this season. Now we see what they're really made of in terms of how they respond to that and how we bounce back. Um, it's it's difficult to see a scenario where there's not going to be quite a few changes. Uh, I think there would be anyway, um, and th- there's going to be players that probably need to sit this one out. That maybe need a bit of a rest. That are going to be you know more um, likely to come back into play on Saturday at, at Preston. What would you do? Uh, it's a real tough call, isn't it? Because there's there's a lot of options. What I guess what you don't want to do is have a completely different team, and particularly you kind of look at midfield, aren't you? And you're thinking. Do we really want to be putting out a completely different mm. midfield for this game mm. midweek? You could argue that bringing that, that resting Hutch, maybe bringing um, uh, Joey Pellipessi in um, would make sense and give uh, Hutch the night off. Um, similarly, giving Kieran Lee the night off and, and putting Luongo in, that would seem to make sense as well. Um, Bannon you would think would be ready to to start the the game having you know had a game and a half out now uh, but that's a very different looking midfield and yeah, similarly would what, be completely what, what different. do you do um <laughs> are you going to play murphy and um and harris again does adam reach move back out wide what do you do with the the, the fullbacks dominic i offer not the greatest return to the team on um on saturday uh, so it's, it's dead hard to call I think, I mean, how I'm going within the paper tomorrow is uh, I think that Odebajo may come back in fire offer. Uh, that right wouldn't back. surprise me. And Barry Bannon, for me, will definitely play. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't start. Yeah. Um, so what's your take on these other two? Mid- so I, I've, I don't think, actually, Luongu will start. I think he'd be on the bench again. So my, I think the midfield three, for me will be Sam Hutchinson, Adam Reach and Barry Bannon. And I think then there will be one change in the forward areas. And I have nothing to base this on. I have a sneaky feeling that it could be Fernando Forestieri that would come in for Jacob Murphy and Murphy would drop to the bench. So three changes I make that. That's, uh, That's an interesting one. I could with? be completely wrong. I, I, you know, I have been before, so it wouldn't surprise me you know, if I haven't got it right. But uh, uh, there'd definitely be a I change. Phone a minute ago. Was that a text message from Lee Bullen that you were just? <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, hey, about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Um, uh, do you, uh, can you foresee a scenario where Fletcher's not not the the, the striker? No, it's in a word. No, I think Stephen Fletcher options. on the way he started and he's in great shape. I think that Stephen Fletcher will lead the line, and it will be a case of. 
uh, Harris, how can you leave out Harris, the form that he's in? You know, the, in the way he's played in the opening three matches, you know, he's been one of the, the big plus points for Wednesday. So Harris has to play. And Murphy, what wasn't his game on Saturday, didn't contribute enough, didn't get enough on the ball enough to influence things. So I just look at it and maybe think that, yeah, if you make a change out wide there in the 4-3-3, Murphy's a great man to bring off the bench. I thought that some of the, the reaction on social media, as it always is, was very over the top after the game on, on Saturday. I do think that there is going to be a tension on Lee Bullen now. Again, this is something we said on, on Friday, isn't it? That you know we'll really kind of see his sort of credentials for the role will start to become clear at the end of this you know this week of, of three games. Not the best start to the week no. for, for Lee Bullen. He's, he's really got to get this one right tomorrow to kind of keep his his name at the forefront of that list really hasn't it yeah i think i would yeah i think i would go along with that um that get the win against luton three wins out of four positive feelings going into it has to be said another tough away match yeah uh, at Preston I think they would have gone into this week looking really I think for minimum of four points uh, and so one yeah. match down uh, yeah I think the Luton is the one that they, they will have been targeting for, for victory and, and you're right I think it's the first big test uh, for Lee Bullen in caretaker charge in this stint it definitely is and there's going to be big focus on uh, but it is interesting that uh, you know they are looking at bringing in potentially an, you know an experienced coach to mm-hmm. take some of the, the the load off Lee Bowen and uh, you know they are down as we've discussed before when it comes to coaching staff with Steve Bruce and having taken Steve Agnew and Stephen Clements away uh, so Neil Thompson's done a, an admirable job stepping up uh, and he's very experienced but uh, you know they are still short in that department but um, to me that's a it's a hint that. You know, Lee Bourne is the man, and it's still very much Lee Bourne's to lose. Yeah, I think that's that's that that sums it up pretty fairly. And I I really wish Lee Bourne the very best of luck with this because I think it's um, it's not it's not easy with the resources that he's that he's had, is it? You know, he, he took over at a difficult time, really close to the start of the season. The kind of the whole first team setup was kind of you know wretched apart, wasn't it? And that's going to be hard for any club, anyone that's even an experienced manager coming in and and kind of having and and uh, whether this is the right description, I don't know, but kind of cobbling together resources from elsewhere within the club to try and you know put something together. And it's it's good to hear that whatever's going to happen, you know, we've still got to be winning games in the meantime, even if Lieberland's not going to get the job permanently. So we need someone else in there. He needs that. He doesn't need that help. Yeah, uh, but then you would also look at it too and that if the club, uh, you know, are seriously keeping an eye on bring or wanting to bring in a coach, then it suggests to you that uh, you could argue that they're happy with the setup at the moment and that it, it, it's all pointing towards they're trying to give Lee Bourne the best possible chance of getting the job uh, on a permanent basis. You know, that's my reading of it really at the moment, so... Uh, yeah, for Lee Bowen, like the next couple of matches uh, are huge, really. Um, it's the, the chance to cement his position, or it, it, it could, you know, it could 
really weaken it and damage his chances of, of getting the job. But, you know, we're going to have to find out. And I think it all's going to be revealed in the next few days, really, as to how they go on. I should have done my uh, research better here, but um, Terry Burton obviously was Wednesday like assistant or something under Dave, Dave Jones. Yeah, when he out of work right now? Uh, don't know actually. Not sure. I, I know he went to Arsenal afterwards. Yeah, um, I'm and just thinking they used that. There were um, you know, there's been a lot of people who've been on my uh, Twitter timeline today putting forward Stuart Gray. Can't um, see that happening. I don't think he'd want to. Well, come back. I, I, I can't for the simple reason that right now he's in a job at Fulham. Um, yeah. So uh, working for S- Scott Parker there. Uh, n- um, so no, in theory, um, that's. I think that's the type of person that they're looking for, though. That someone who's been around the block, who's uh, got good contacts, and maybe even somebody that Lee Bourne already knows. And so, you know, Lee. You know, I'm sure that the club. Uh, the hierarchy they will be assessing and looking at all the options at their disposal fair enough uh right then let's uh let's see what bully himself thinks this is him speaking just after the millwall game on saturday about what he expects from luton well obviously we played them twice in the cup last year so and, and i think the basis of that team is still still together and we're very very successful we had two tough games against them in the cup so we're aware of the strengths um, and again opportunities that we might be able to to catch them with at hillsborough um, we keep playing the, the tempo and the football we've got, then um, I think I think we're capable of getting a few points. But ultimately, we will respect the opposition and what they've done there. They're, they're again going to be a tough nut to crack. They've come up with a lot of confidence from a promotion season. Um, and they're still going to be riding that a little bit. So they've got a new manager in there. And I know, I know Graham Jones really well from his assistant times um, at West Brom. And he's, he's taking it on. He's trying to play his own style of football. But we'll be ready for that. Again, we'll watch the videos, we'll analyse it, and we'll, we'll, we'll try and work out the plan to, to get the three points. Minnesota's well, gotten not through one division, but two. With the amount of momentum in that squad, it must be difficult to come up against. Yeah, it's difficult to come up against. Again, but they're, they're now three games into the into the championship, and they're, they're, they're adapting as well. But we've got to adapt really quickly, recover from today. Um, push on the game on Tuesday night. We know what we're capable of doing. Um, get that little bit of slice of luck, that little bit of composure in front of the goal, get that break and um, take our opportunities they'll come. As I say, we'll play we'll play uh, a lot worse than we did today and, and lose football matches, but we know that we're well capable of going out against Luton uh, on Tuesday night, putting on a good performance and, and getting the three points, but we'll respect the opposition. Lee, how was, how was Kieran Westwood after that today? Yeah, he was frustrated. He felt he made a mistake for the goal and he held his hands up in the change. Um, but ultimately we've had opportunities to also score goals and we've not taken them. Mm. Again, I'm going back to it, I don't think there was anything clear, clear cut. There was a 100% opportunity, there was a couple of shots in goal that never really caught 100%. Um, and again, that's that's the frustrating thing, you never just got quite that break. Um, but we did create 21 opportunities and nine on target, so yeah, I think with the, with the boys we've got in our team, we expect to take one or two of those. How big a positive again was Kadeem on the left today? Yeah, excellent, excellent. Again, he was a major outlet for us. Again, at times he put some great balls into the box, at times he, he he needed to improve that little bit. But I think he's playing with a smile on his face. I think he's really enjoying his football at the club. I think he's really enjoying the role we're giving him to try and get at the opposition in the way he does. And uh, long may that continue because he's going to be a thorn in the side of many, many fullbacks this season. After a frustrating afternoon with the amount of chances that you've created, yeah. um, 
is it almost a blessing in disguise to have a game very quickly? Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's that's the best thing about this league now. We're getting Saturday, Tuesday when you have a when you have when you are knocked down, then you've got an opportunity very, very quickly to get back on and mm -hmm. uh, get back on the pitch and uh, put things right again. And that, that's the opportunity that the Luton game gives us now, and we're back at home. Um, we're a good crowd. Uh, again, the following today, outstanding once again. Um, gave the boys 100% back in from first minute to last. Um, trying to suck the ball into the net back there, but unfortunately they never got what they probably deserved. But um, now we're looking forward to we're looking forward to the game on Tuesday night. As you say, it allows us to get get the disappointment away very quickly, possibly if we go out and get the right result again. And how confident are you? You'll get a strong reaction on Tuesday. Oh, I've got no doubts at all. I've got no doubts at all. The 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 lads were very disappointed in there. There are a few of them having a go at each other about certain aspects of the game, which is which is done when it's done in the right manner, which is great when it's done in the right manner, sorry. Um, so that's fine. We'll, we'll get a positive reaction to the players on Tuesday. I fully believe that. How important do you think it could be to shuffle the pack a little bit with the second game in three, you know, the second game of three in a week? No, we'll, we'll analyse the game again. I'll have a look at it on the bus going home. We'll look at Luton and we'll see what we think. Um, could be opportunities that we'll get and again fresh legs it could be a could be a bonus for us and the thing is we've got what, six or seven on the bench there uh, that could start we've got another six or seven back home that could start so um, they've all trained tremendously well and if we need to freshen up we'll freshen up. So a quick reminder then of our opinions. We want to know who you think has been the worst signing of the Chancery era. I think Abdi, Dom thinks Jones, but you want him to prove you well and truly wrong this season. Jones, you mean Rhodes? Did I say Jones? Yeah, I think you might have said Jones. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I, we, do you know what? It's interesting. We did forget about David Jones, but I, I wouldn't include David Jones. I think that'd be very harsh. How do we pay money for David Jones? Yeah, mm. yeah. I don't know. Actually, he probably does come quite up high on that on that list. Um, tell us what you think. We will use some of your thoughts this Friday. Joining the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions on Twitter. Uh, you can catch Dom at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott and contact the show at Dom and James. That's just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, please let us have your feedback on the show. We do appreciate your reviews and please subscribe to us for free in your podcast app of choice to get the new episode every week. And check the show notes for details of how you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Uh, up the owls, and we'll see you this Friday. Yeah.